Chapter Twenty Six of Principles of Geology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Principles of Geology by Charles Lyell. Chapter Twenty Six, Part Five. Mud Volcanoes, Iceland mr r bunsen in his account of the pseudo-volcanic phenomena of iceland describes many valleys where sulphurous and aqueous vapours burst forth with a hissing sound from the hot soil formed of volcanic tuff in such spots a pool of boiling water is seen in which a bluish-black argillaceous paste rises in huge bubbles these bubbles on bursting throw the boiling mud to a height of fifteen feet and upwards accumulating it in ledges around the crater or basin of the spring baku on the caspian the formation of a new mud volcano was witnessed on the twenty seventh of november eighteen twenty seven at tokmali on the peninsula of absharan east of baku flames blazed up to an extraordinary height for a space of three hours and continued for twenty hours to rise about three feet above a crater from which mud was ejected at another point in the same district where flames issued fragments of rock of large size were hurled up into the air and scattered around sicily at a place called makaluba near Gergenti, in sicily are several conical mounds from ten to thirty feet in height with small craters at their summits from which cold water mixed with mud and bitumen is cast out bubbles of carbonic acid and carburetted hydrogen gas are also disengaged from these springs and at certain periods with such violence as to throw the mud to the height of two hundred feet these air volcanoes as they are sometimes termed are known to have been in the same state of activity for the last fifteen centuries and dr daubeny imagines that the gases which escape may be generated by the slow combustion of beds of sulphur which is actually in progress in the blue clay out of which the springs rise but as the gases are similar to those disengaged in volcanic eruptions and as they have continued to stream out for so long a period they may perhaps be derived from a more deep-seated source bela in india in the district of luce or Lus, south of bela about one hundred twenty miles northwest of kutch and the mouths of the indus numerous mud volcanoes are scattered over an area of probably not less than one thousand square miles some of these have been well described by captain hart and subsequently by captain robertson who has paid a visit to that region and made sketches of them which he has kindly placed at my disposal from one of these the annexed view has been selected these conical hills occur to the westward of the hara mountains and the river hub one of the cones is four hundred feet high composed of light-coloured earth and having at its summit 
a crater thirty yards in diameter the liquid mud which fills the crater is continually disturbed by air-bubbles and here and there is cast up in small jets mineral composition of volcanic products the mineral called felspar forms in general more than half of the mass of modern lavas when it is in great excess lavas are called trachytic they consist generally of a base of compact felspar in which crystals of glassy felspar are disseminated when augite or pyroxene predominates lavas are termed basaltic they contain about fifty per cent of silica or much less than the trachytes in which there is usually about seventy five per cent of that mineral they also contain about eleven per cent of protoxide of iron and as much of lime both of which are wanting or only in insignificant quantities in the trachytic rocks but lavas occur of an intermediate composition between the trachytic and basaltic which from their color have been called greystones the abundance of quartz forming distinct crystals or concretions characterizes the granitic and other ancient rocks now generally considered by geologists as of igneous origin whereas that mineral is rarely exhibited in a separate form in recent lavas although silica enters so largely into their composition hornblende so common in hypogene rocks or those commonly called primary is rare in modern lava nor does it enter largely into rocks of any age in which augite abounds it should however be stated that the experiments of mr gustav rose have made it very questionable whether the minerals called hornblende and augite can be separated as distinct species as their different varieties seem to pass into each other whether we consider the characters derived from their angles of crystallization their chemical composition or their specific gravity the difference in form of the two substances may be explained by the different circumstances under which they have been produced the form of hornblende being the result of slower cooling crystals of augite have been met with in the scoriae of furnaces but never those of hornblende and crystals of augite have been obtained by melting hornblende in a platina crucible but hornblende itself has not been formed artificially mica occurs plentifully in some recent trachytes but is rarely present where augite is in excess frequency of eruptions and nature of subterranean igneous rocks when we speak of the igneous rocks of our own times we mean that small portion which in violent eruptions is forced up by elastic fluids to the surface of the earth the sand scoriae and lava which cool in the open air but we cannot obtain access to that which is congealed far beneath the surface under great pressure equal to that of many hundred or many thousand atmospheres during the last century about fifty eruptions are recorded of the five european volcanic districts of vesuvius etna volcano santorin and iceland but many beneath the sea in the grecian archipelago 
and near iceland may doubtless have passed unnoticed if some of them produced no lava others on the contrary like that of skaptar jokel in seventeen eighty three poured out melted matter for five or six years consecutively which cases being reckoned as single eruptions will compensate for those of inferior strength now if we consider the active volcanoes of europe to constitute about a fortieth part of those already known on the globe and calculate that one with another they are about equal in activity to the burning mountains in other districts we may then compute that there happen on the earth about two thousand eruptions in the course of a century or about twenty every year however inconsiderable therefore may be the superficial rocks which the operations of fire produce on the surface we must suppose the subterranean changes now constantly in progress to be on the grandest scale the loftiest volcanic cones must be as insignificant when contrasted to the products of fire in the nether regions as are the deposits formed in shallow estuaries when compared to submarine formations accumulating in the abysses of the ocean in regard to the characters of these volcanic rocks formed in our own times in the bowels of the earth whether in rents and caverns or by the cooling of lakes of melted lava we may safely infer that the rocks are heavier and less porous than ordinary lavas and more crystalline although composed of the same mineral ingredients as the hardest crystals produced artificially in the laboratory require the longest time for their formation so we must suppose that where the cooling down of melted matter takes place by insensible degrees in the course of ages a variety of minerals will be produced far harder than any formed by natural processes within the short period of human observation these subterranean volcanic rocks moreover cannot be stratified in the same manner as sedimentary deposits from water although it is evident that when great masses consolidate from a state of fusion they may separate into natural divisions for this is seen to be the case in many lava currents we may also expect that the rocks in question will often be rent by earthquakes since these are common in volcanic regions and the fissures will be often injected with similar matter so that dikes of crystalline rock will traverse masses of similar composition it is also clear that no organic remains can be included in such masses as also that these deep-seated igneous formations considered in mass must underlie all the strata containing organic remains because the heat proceeds from below upwards and the intensity required to reduce the mineral ingredients to a fluid state must destroy all organic bodies in rocks included in the midst of them if by a continued series of elevatory movements such masses shall hereafter be brought up to the surface in the same manner as sedimentary marine strata have in the course of ages been upheaved to the summit of the loftiest mountains it is not difficult to foresee what perplexing problems may be presented to the geologist 
he may then perhaps study in some mountain chain the very rocks produced at the depth of several miles beneath the andes iceland or java in the time of Leibnitz, and draw from them the same conclusion which that philosopher derived from certain igneous products of high antiquity for he conceived our globe to have been for an indefinite period in the state of a comet without an ocean and uninhabitable alike by aquatic or terrestrial animals End of chapter twenty six part five